0: As we celebrate two years of Positively Dad, we're close to another anniversary, a year of COVID here in the US. Our lives have been so different over the last 12 months. And today, as Positively Dad makes its return, we're gonna talk about mindset, ours and the mindset of our kids and family, and how we keep it positive in the midst of this ongoing pandemic becoming better parents partners and people this is the positively dad podcast thanks for joining us i'm james shaw host of positively dad and i'm excited you're listening and i'm excited to be back today is the two-year anniversary of the positively dad podcast and after quite frankly what was a much-needed break we are back to help you become a better parent partner and person my wife, Terry and I are the proud parents of a soon-to-be nine-year-old. She's in third grade. Her name is Naomi. And I started Positively Dad two years ago today to be a resource for you. Because most support out there for parents is designed for mom, and, uh, and we want to be here to support you, to help you get better. This has been one of the most challenging times, I think, of my life. And in fact, that's why I just said, you know what, six months ago, I'm like, you know what, we've been going all in on Positively Dad, doing two episodes a week for a year and a half. I just needed to take a break. And as we approached this two-year anniversary, I realized we've got to get back after it. we got to get back after it because things are still challenging out there. We just have our normal lives, plus we're a year into this pandemic. And I don't know about you, I've got some fatigue from it. I just want things to get back to normal. And yet they aren't. In fact, I don't know when, air quote, normal is going to be back again. So today I want to talk about what's going on in our head. Not just our head, but the heads of our partner, the heads of our kids, and the people around us. And so we're going to talk with a guy who does just that. He's all about what's going on in your head. His name's Justin Sua, and he is the mental performance coach for the Tampa Bay Rays. He's a dad of three. He's written two books, uh, Parent Pep Talks and Mentally Tough Teens. And you know, he recognizes life's full of challenges and our mindset and the way we think and how we focus helps us move forward. And we can do it and we can help our families do it at the same time. So I'm really, really excited for this conversation and I'm glad you're here to to listen. Let's get after it. Justin, thanks so much for joining us on Positively Dad. Appreciate it, James. Happy to be here. Well, I'm so thankful you are here. And you know, you specialize in helping elite athletes keep their mindset moving the right way. Um, and overcome the hurdles that they face as they face adversity. Well, our dads, our families, we're facing adversity. So that's a good place to start, right? Let's talk about mindset right now and and how we kind of overcome adversity, keep our mindset positive.
1: Yeah, you are absolutely right. I think we're all experiencing this together and to know that. uh, And when I say that, that might... um, that might ruffle some feathers because some people are like no we're experiencing it way worse i think whether it be directly or indirectly we're all having we're on the spectrum of experiencing this uh there are some people where it's been absolutely devastating and which we are very aware of and those on the front lines and then we have some people who are even looking at this as more of a uh a nice slowdown for them i've even been i've even heard it described as and so wherever you're on the spectrum you're there and it's disrupted something. It's affected us in, in some way or another. But I think there are two things to really look at right now. There, there are multiple things, but I think we need to start, number one, with normalizing how you feel. When anytime we are experiencing a new job, a new move, a new circumstance, we go through this this rumbling of our emotions, trying to understand it, trying to cope with it, trying to deal with it, manage it. And it, in some points of optimized performance in the midst of it, and we're angry, we're frustrated, we're scared, uh, we feel like we don't have a sense of control. All of that is normal. All of it is normal. It's part of the process. Now, I don't say that to minimize what anyone's going through, but to normalize it. And as you normalize it and understand, you're going to be able to have a lot more compassion with yourself to say, hey, it's okay. It's okay to feel this. One thing in particular that we're noticing is that people are finding um, a lack of motivation to do things that they normally like to do, they normally love to do. Some of you might, the listeners might think that might notice a lack of motivation to work out when they love to work out, to read when they normally love to read. And uh, that's something normal. So step number one is creating awareness and normalizing what you're feeling. And number two, I would say is to, is to really lock in on your daily schedule. Uh, our schedules have been disrupted. The things that we do on the day-to-day, uh, a lot of times we're no longer able to do those things, and the quicker you can establish a new routine around the things that are important to you, the quicker you're going to be able to bounce back and to be resilient and to be more effective at the, at the end of each day.
0: So routine matters a lot. Yes, a yeah. lot. Yeah. You're a parent. You've got three kids, right? Yes. Got three kids. My
1: wife and I, we have three. We have a, a 13-year-old boy, a 12-year-old girl, and an 11-year-old girl.
0: So as a father, how have you kind of walked them through this to help them with their mindset? They've been yanked out of school, right? So they're, the, that looks different for them. And, and you know, they're, if, if they're whatever extracurriculars they're in are probably canceled. How have you helped them kind of through these steps?
1: Yeah, I think the thing that we've done is I'm kind of connecting dots, looking back. My wife and I is communication. I think communicating and and modeling modeling effective coping strategies uh, through this through really being mindful of our the news that we watch, the news that we watch in front of them, our attitudes about the situation, the way we're framing everything, because when it comes to human development and our children, a lot of times their view on the world or their emotions are not necessarily taught, they're caught. They, their mirror neurons are activated by mom and dad, and how we respond to stress tends to be... Uh, a, close correlation to how they tend to respond to stress. How we frame things tends to be how they frame things. And so my wife and I have been very mindful of the story we're telling ourselves about everything, number one. Uh, And then number two, we're we're priming the kids. We're trying to get ahead of the COVID and ahead of where we currently are, saying, hey, it might cancel, Uh, This event that we had planned. Hey, it might cancel that birthday party. Hey, it might cancel that family vacation just so we can prime their little minds uh, way ahead of time so that when it happens, if worst case scenario happens, we can say, hey, we already discussed this. We talked about this and we already have some, uh, some contingency plans around it.
0: Well, that goes back to what you said at the beginning, which is awareness. We've we've got to, as parents, have some just awareness, number one, of what we're feeling and what we're experiencing and how that might impact them, and then awareness of what the future might hold.
1: Yes, absolutely. And even w- in terms of the brain, the more aware you are, particularly looking forward of, of possible situations and possible cancellations, it activates a different part of the brain. So if, if we aren't aren't letting them know or giving them a look around the corner a heads up so to speak when devastation happens that sleepover doesn't happen that birthday party doesn't happen it doesn't activate the emotional part of the brain the amygdala instead it activates the prefrontal cortex or in other words the thinking the cool calm and collected part of the brain where they're going to be able to respond more effectively and so yeah yes, there's there's uh, being able to prime them and. and and uh, model that and to get ahead of it is, is very helpful, not just for our kids, but for ourselves.
0: I love it. So you, the other thing you talked about was routine. I was on a call last week with a gentleman named Gary Keller who runs a started a big real estate company. And he said, you got to get right now into a routine and a rhythm. And, and then I noticed you said the same thing, routine matters. And I, I always hear this from high performers, routine, routine, routine. And right now it's easy to get out of it. How important is routine and how do we get it kind of back where it needs to be?
1: Yeah, that's uh, even if you watch any elite, let's take sports, take sports, let's take the Tampa Bay Rays, watch any of your favorite players, Why, pick a sport, watch your favorite players and watch what they do before a task, whether it be before they throw a pitch, uh, whether it be before they, they take a swing, they step into the box before they shoot a free throw. These elite athletes have routines. And not even athletes. Let's go to surgeons. Let's go to pilots. Let's go to astronauts. They have these checklists that they go through to prime their minds and prime their bodies to be ready to perform at the highest level when it matters most. Uh, Routines aren't superstition. Uh, It isn't, oh, if I don't do this, then I'm not going to be able to, uh, then my luck is going to draw, is going to run out. No, it's not about luck or superstitions at all or rituals. It's about Putting your mind in the best position to be most consistent because of decision fatigue if we 're constantly making decisions, do I work out or do I not? Do I read or do I not? Do I journal or do I not? Do I insert whatever activity then you're just you 're depleting your willpower you 're you're, you're, you're depleting your energy level. but when you have a routine and you have a system built in. All of a sudden, you're able to build in discipline. You're able to build in habits and you're able to automize these routines. I think the more you do something, it's all about the more you do something, the more likely you are to do it again. So you want to automize these routines or these habits around things that matter to you. One topic I always talk about is the morning. We always talk about, or we as in with our athletes, when the morning routine. What's the first thing, what's the first thing you do? Within the first 90 minutes of your day, whenever you wake up, when it, what are the first things you do in the first 90 minutes? Is it journaling? Is it meditating? Is it working out? Is it uh, whatever it may be, but making sure you plan it by design and not by, by default. But going back to what you said, routines are crucial in order to uh, be the best versions of ourselves in any domain.
0: Yes, clearly. And and it's interesting when I talk to high performers, I've had Super Bowl champions on the show. I've had top coaches on the show. I mean, when I talk to people and I'll ask, well, how, you know, how, how is it that you accomplish X? You know, how is it that you are able to to pull this off or whatever? And, and the many times I'll hear it's just who I am. And I, I'm just, that's what I do. And what I'm hearing is you do that through routine that, that, when you are consistent, you get a system. You're building habits, discipline, all that stuff. Then isn't doesn't that just become who you are?
1: Yeah, you very a really good point. The Navy SEALs have a mantra: "You don't rise to the occasion; you sink to the level of your training," which is why they train so hard and they and they do their best to so, so that they to the point to where they not only understand it. But they cannot misunderstand it. They not only are able to execute it, but they cannot not execute it. It literally becomes, to use your phrase, who they are and what they do. And it's funny whenever someone uh, someone interviews uh, an athlete at the end of a Super Bowl or big game. What was going through your mind before that at bat? What was going through your mind before the play? It's nothing. <laughs> I was just I was just in the moment. I was just doing what I do. The people who were nervous were everyone watching. Uh, but these guys and girls are just just do their thing.
0: Yeah, I read a story that they were talking about that, that if and when baseball comes back, or I think this was actually a hockey story, that when hockey comes back, that the players say they likely won't notice that there aren't fans there, that, that they're just so into it and kind of so in their groove that, quite frankly, they don't even notice that they're just out doing their thing. It's part of their routine. So that'll be interesting. You, yeah, you, that'll
1: be, and, and you ask, uh, different players, you'll probably get some different answers because some personalities, they feed off the energy of the crowd and they feed off that. But yes, there are some players who they're so, um, in, inward based and focused on themselves. I think in the task or in the moment, a baseball, for example, and a pitcher, a pitcher, for example, he probably doesn't care about the crowd. Um, an outfielder or a defensive player who's just standing out there by themselves and looking around, not in the action until the ball's hit to them. Yeah. They might notice the crowd a little bit. Yeah. And so, uh, so yeah, I'm curious to see on, uh, yeah, how, how it does affect when and if it happens.
0: Yeah, no kidding. All right. Let's talk about winning the morning then. Cause I think we can talk about this for ourselves as dads, and then we can talk about it with our kids too. Cause their routine has been kind of messed up. Plus we get into the summertime. So the routine gets a little different anyway. What are some wow. ways we can make sure we win our morning that first 90 minutes?
1: Yeah, so I think it starts with understanding the concept and the principle behind winning the morning. And I, it starts with today being the most important day of our lives. Uh, it starts with understanding that we've never lived today before. It's not just another day. You have never lived this one before. And each of us, no matter what, what country we live in, no matter our age, no matter our, 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 our socioeconomic status, We all get 86,400 seconds a day. That's it. Everyone across the board, that's what you're given. And it all comes down to how you use those precious seconds. They go by. They're not going to stop. They just keep going. And so in order to win the day or to maximize those 86,400 seconds, you've got to live each day on purpose with purpose. And to choose how you're going to live your day as opposed to living it by default, uh, going back to what what we said earlier. And so winning the morning all starts for me starts with having a good night's sleep. And again, it's personal research is always always saying eight to ten hours. You'll have people come out of the woodworks. No, I just need five. I just need three. That's not this debate. I don't care if you wake up at 6 in the morning or if you wake up at 10 in the morning. It's not. It's about when you wake up. What do you do when you wake up? We're not talking about when you sleep in this conversation when you wake up. And by winning the morning, I usually use 90 minutes. It's arbitrary. I just made I made that up, and I stuck with it years down the road. Years ago, I think it's an extra 30 minutes. I think it, that's what's most effective for me. I know some people who say, hey, I just want to plan the first 30 minutes or the first 60 minutes up to you. However, step number one, what time do you want to do so that you still get effective sleep? Step number two, what are the most important building blocks you want to put in that time zone? Again, is it some people it is spiritual. It's reading scriptures and prayer. Some people it's meditation. Some people it's working out. Basically, you're going to put in this time slot, 60 to 90 minutes. In that time slot, something that you want to do every single day without fail. Some, it doesn't matter if you travel. It doesn't matter if it's Christmas. It doesn't matter if it's a holiday, another holiday. You're going to do this, and you're able to do it. And so, uh, so yeah, that's really what it looks like. And for me, it's keeping it simple at first. Keeping it simple. How can you do it? You want to create a window morning routine to where it's universal. Once again, you can do it anywhere, anytime, any time zone. You might have a gym, you might not have a gym, something where you can, where you can execute it. And also, my last comment about this before we explore it a little bit more is, is it's interchangeable. So there are some things my when the morning routine might change from year to year, from month to month. Maybe I want to implement meditation where I hadn't done that before. Maybe I maybe I want to do a different kind of workout or so just know you could make it yours, adjust it, add to it, decrease, uh, take away from it. Completely up
0: to you. So you're saying, yeah, the morning really matters. You've picked 90 minutes. It might look different for others. I'm curious about your kids. Do they win the morning? And, and how do you walk them through that? You got, you know, what, 10-year-olds in your house. I mean, how do we win the morning? Yeah.
1: So for us, it starts with, and when the morning might look like your morning routine. So our kids generally, they know. They know they're going to wake up. And they're they're going to brush their teeth. They're gonna get dressed. They're going to clean the rooms, and it's like this checklist. Like this is what I do. You're going to make your bed. Make your bed. Uh, you're going to uh, uh, prepare your bre- or prepare breakfast, and then together as a family, we are going to read the Bible. We're gonna have a family prayer. Boom, we do it. That's what. Oh, and then after that, we work out. And hands like that's just what we do, and that's our quarantine when the morning. We've been doing that since we started. We weren't doing it when they're in school. Um, it looked a little. It was similar, but it would the workout part wasn't part of it during school. Well, yeah, okay. right. You had to get up at four o'clock in the
0: morning to pull all that off.
1: Exactly, exactly. Right. So it, it was different, and and a lot of times when in the morning with kids, it could be it could be subtle. It could be because a lot of times we're trying to run out of the house, and it's it's a mess, and kids are getting in school without or into the van, but they don't have shoes. It's like, mm-hmm. what is going on here? Maybe your win the morning routine is as simple as as you're driving your kids to school. All right, kids, what was something you're grateful for today? Oh, I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful for this. Boom, that's it. That's a win the morning routine. Yeah. Some tiny little thing that you can add that could either help them be positive, shift their mindset. Uh, maybe your win the morning routine is telling your kids that you appreciate them every day, mm-hmm. each each one. What do you appreciate? Something you appreciate they did. Yep. That, that could be a win the morning routine. Very yeah, I, I love simple it. and simple.
0: Yeah. I love it. You know, so I have a second grader. She's eight years old, and, and she would joke whenever I took her to school. Like, in fact, right toward the end of right right before spring break, and that was kind of the end of going to school here. Uh, right before spring break, I'm driving her in, and I drop her off, and I said, "Naomi," and she goes, "I know you love me, you're proud of me, and do my best." And I go, "You got it, girl," because I'd say it to her every day <laughs> when I drove her to school. So uh, it's kind of funny to see how they respond and react to that kind of stuff. Okay, I so. So here's what's on my mind right now then, and this kind of goes into your books, which we'll talk about here in a second as we, as we wrap up, and that is you know, how do we help not only our kids, how do we help us be able to keep our mindset strong, keep it positive in times of, of disappointment, in, in tough times, because we're in that. Um, and I imagine you've had to talk to players about this and help them with their mindset as they have uncertainty as to what might even happen with the season. So, mm-hmm. wh- what do we do to keep our mindset positive and doing well in times of challenge, disappointment, and and just tough times?
1: Yeah, I think it comes down to. There's a lot of different things. It, it really depends on the person. And like we uh, we mentioned early in this in this episode in this conversation, how this this time is affecting different people in different ways. It it re- it really is, and some are on the far end of the spectrum where they're experiencing pathology, like depression and, and severe anxiety. And some are on the complete opposite end of the spectrum where like, this is awesome. I love it. My dad's home more than ever uh, than before. And then my dad's never been home this much or my mom or whatever it may be. Um, and so to understand that, but for those who are on more of the suffering, struggling side of the spectrum, uh, number one, I think awareness. No, you got to know, know where you are and, and being able to admit it and to communicate it. But I think it comes down to a couple of things. Number one is, is and again, in no particular order, the strength of our relationships. Relationships are so powerful and they don't have to be a mental skills coach. They don't have to be a counselor or a psychologist or a psychotherapist. It could just be mom. It could be your kids. It could be dad. It could be a best friend that, to to constantly communicate with them and check in with them and see how they're doing, um, and for them to check in on on you and having those uh, those relationships are powerful. Being able to be vulnerable with them are are so important. Uh, number two, what you can look at is you can lean on your values. Uh, being being, take a look at your life and take a look at all of the difficult stuff you've ever experienced and. And ask yourself or have someone ask you, how did you overcome it? Because the the reality is you and me and everyone listening to this is batting a thousand, batting a thousand for overcoming tough times. Uh, Everyone survived it. Everyone up to this point who's listening to this, you have overcome every single hard day you've ever experienced. Now, I'm not saying that you don't have physical and psychological scars to show it or, 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 by, or, uh, or a byproduct of those things. But in the moment, here we are where we have survived them. To so go back and look back at those times and, and ask yourself, how did I do that? What did I do to overcome those problems? Because as you take a look at yourself, you end up realizing you're a lot more resilient than you probably giving yourself credit for. You can point at others and say, wow, they're so tough. They're so tough. No, look in the mirror and realize you're so tough, but you might show it in a different way. It might be manifest in in your perspective. Maybe you have an amazing sense of perspective and you're able to just keep things in perspective by considering looking up to the future and looking back. Maybe it's your insatiable love of learning. And so you're studying it to learn more about it. And the more you learn, the less you fear because you have greater understanding. Maybe someone listening to this, it's your humor. You just have a great sense of humor and not saying that you're a comedian or a clown. Maybe you just enjoy laughing. And the the way that helps you cope is watching funny movies or funny shows. And that helps you out. And so I would say take a look at that as well, because I think your answers to your suffering or your struggling are found right within the palms of your hands, right within your own self, within the values and the skills and the strengths that you already have.
0: That's what I was hearing you say, that the the answer already lives inside of you. Let's go find it and yeah. and figure out how to pull it out. And then And then it makes me think of a saying, we have what you focus on expands. We say that. And so we get to choose, I guess, where we put our focus right now. And if we can focus it on the, the more positive things, the relationships we have, the value that we bring and what we've overcome, that's going to put us in a better position than focusing on all these things we cannot control right now. A hundred percent.
1: We say with, with that, where the mind goes, the body flows, or in addition to what you said, you give power to what you focus on. What yeah. are you focusing on? And, and as uh, as uh, the late Stephen uh, Covey said uh, The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. Identify Mm -hmm. what's your main thing right now. Okay, lock in on it. Let's keep the main thing the main thing.
0: I love it. Justin, this has been great. So I got a couple more questions before we wrap up, and thanks for doing this for me. I so appreciate it. Um, What would your advice be just to dads overall, like on just really how to be a positive influence in their lives of their kids? What if you were sitting down with a dad and had a couple minutes with them and said, here's what you've got to know. What is that? I think
1: for, this advice would be uh, self-advice, it'd be self-coaching for myself. I think uh, to go with what Gandhi said, be the change that you want to see. And I think in order to be an effective teacher or disseminator of knowledge, you need to practice what you preach. And, uh, and I, I think I keep that in mind all the time, is kind of like that phrase goes, and I'm going to butcher it, but kids saying, I can't hear what you're saying because your actions, are speaking or are so loud I can't hear what you're saying or something to that degree. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say, yeah, just uh, be, be, be an example, the best example of, of what you think effective coping looks like, or what is uh, what, what should it look like? We, as dads should be able to, should be the one setting that tone and, and leading from the front. And so I think you do that a lot of uh, you take care of that domino and a lot of other things fall um, as a result.
0: It's put on your mask first, right? Like they say on the airplane, you got yes. to take care of yourself before you take care of anybody else. Well, this is great. Now, you have you have a couple of books that parents might be interested in. One is Mentally Tough Teens, Developing a, men, a Winning Mindset. The other is Parent Pep Talks. I'd love you to chat about those real quick, and then we'll find out where we can connect with you as well.
1: Yeah, so uh, I'll just be really transparent. I had not intend to write any of those books, either one of those. I was speaking at a parents' conference, and I was teaching parents how to teach their kids mental skills training. So I was sharing with them some of the specific tools that I use in my profession with the athletes I work with, and I was giving them to the parents. Hey, mom and dad, you want your child to be confident, you tell them to believe themselves, here are some strategies that help them be de- develop confidence, according to the research. You tell your kids you want them to focus, hey, have you taught them how to focus? I'm not sure if you have or not, but in case you have not, here are tools to enhance uh, attention control, relaxation, um, uh, goal setting, leadership—all tools. Because as parents, we are—we're the strength and conditioning coaches, we're the chauffeurs, we're the cooks, we're the mental skills coaches, and so I wanted to put a manual, uh, to a toolbox um if, if you will into the hands of the parents and so that's where that came from i told the publisher i didn't want to write it because i did not want to be a parent expert i don't want to tell parents how to do things with their kids and uh because i have my own kids and i might come back and bite me
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh bite me in the rear later on and like no no just go ahead and do it and so we did it and then they came afterward and said hey we want to do one for teenagers and i said well i'm a i'm a high school teacher teenagers don't read books <laughs> just to let you know like we're not going to sell a lot of uh, things to teenagers and they're like yeah that's a good point i said well how about this how about i take my tweets they follow me on twitter uh, the teens do i'll take my tweets the most popular tw- uh, tweets and i'll put them on each page and so the mentally tough teens book is a book for teenagers they're literally tweets each page is about Four to five sentences long. Uh, it's a tweetable that that leaves you with a a principle, an idea, a bite-sized thought on how to be a better version of, of themselves for for teenagers.
0: Well, I love it. I love what you're doing, and uh, you're doing it's such great stuff. It's cool to see that uh, that that professional sports is leaning into this as well, right? I think you've worked with the Browns. Uh, you've worked with the Red Sox. You're finally with a great team uh, in the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, so, um, And so it's really cool to see how that's impacting people. How can people connect with you? Because you've got a little daily podcast you do. You do great stuff on Twitter. Tell them where they can find you on social media. Yeah.
1: So if you just go to Instagram at Justin Sua, uh, I'm there on Twitter as well. That's where you'll find everything. I'm posting my podcast episodes there, Increase Your Impact podcast you I link all my articles. I'll link all my stuff, but yeah, either Twitter or Instagram, Justin Sua, J-U-S-T-A-N-S-U-A, and you'll find all my stuff.
0: Justin, you're the best. Thanks for joining us on this. I really appreciate a lot of value for our parents and, and let's get back on the diamond. I think the Rays are up for a good year. And so uh, I want to see him out there playing. I know you do too. Thanks so much for being on the podcast.
1: Yes, sir. Thank you so much, James.
0: How good was that? I mean, Justin was amazing, and and as you can probably tell from listening back, that we recorded this uh, back in the spring, and it just never got out, and I thought now was the perfect time. So since we've talked, uh, schools have opened up for a lot of places, uh, our kids are back doing some normal things, oh, and the Rays did go to the World Series, um, and, and yet we we still face some challenges ahead, and I think he gave... Some, some great advice. Again, it's, it's a good time to reevaluate your routine. You know, when this started last year, you probably did reevaluate your routine. You looked at it a little bit and you did made some changes. And then maybe as you got a little bit tired of everything, you might have slipped back into some of those old habits. So he said, let's get back into a routine. What is it in your routine that you've lost and what do you need to adjust? Win the morning in the first 90 minutes of the day. He said, you can win the morning by design or you can end up losing it by default. Think of every day as a brand new day and, and 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 live on purpose and in purpose. And he gave some advice on that. So much good stuff. So I want to thank Justin for being on. And, and again, let's have another great year for the Rays, right? Maybe back-to-back trips to the World Series. That'd be fine. We'd take that. We can just win this time. All right, so let's wrap up the way we wrap up uh, every episode here on Positively Dad. And I'm excited to do it. What we do is uh, we bring Naomi in. Naomi, again, is our, our nine-year-old daughter. She uh, is in third grade. And uh, she kind of shares what's on her mind. I don't talk to her about it. We don't plan it. We don't write it out. She just speaks to you about whatever she's thinking about. We call it the Kid's Corner. Ever wonder what's on the mind of your children? Let's find out in the Kid's Corner with your host, Naomi.
2: Hello, I'm Naomi Shaw, and I am um, doing like a bake sale right now. So on this episode of Positively Dad, I will be telling you what um, like you should kind of like... um. Bake, I guess. We are making like brownies, and um, not bake, like cookies that you don't have to bake. It's oatmeal chocolate chip. And it's going to be so fun. I hope you guys get to like bake. So the like when you bake, that kind of like helps you know like who you are. So say you have a big thing of chocolate batter and just put those together and put them in the oven and then you have cookies it's perfect that's it for Naomi's Corner have a great day bye
0: how fun is that kid it's so fun to have her back on the show it's so fun to have the show back I appreciate all of you who reached out and said when's your next episode coming and I said you know I just I needed a timeout. it was intense for 18 months of two episodes a week and And with all the stuff going on, I just, I needed a time out. And now's the right time to be back as we celebrate two years. So to those of you who've listened for two years, thank you so much. For those of you who are new to us, well, you got 18 months worth of episodes to catch up on. And you can find us anywhere. In fact, if you liked it, would you rate, review, and subscribe? Oh my goodness, we would love it if you gave us five stars and said something nice about the podcast. And then if you or someone you know would like to be a guest, I'd love to chat with you. Just reach out to me, James, at PositivelyDad.com. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week on Positively Dan. Have a good one. Bye-bye.